I counted down. Yeah, I, don't I mean, that's the best counting you've ever done. Yeah, I usually can't count to three. I know, you've actually like genuinely struggled to count to three before. So I'm very yep. proud, Robbie. Thank you, Andy. We start, I mean, like, we're, I'm putting this in, so I'm not going to cut this out. So, oh, good enough. start. Good start from us. Yeah. Good Welcome start. back to Better Blokes. Welcome, everybody. Um, this is, surprise, surprise, actually the first one we've recorded this year. Yeah. Um, because new year, new me. <laughs> new year, new mo. Yeah. Because I that shaved it off. You look worse, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I was going to try and put it in a nice way, but no. yeah, you look worse. It's like Matt said it, put it really well on Wednesday when he was like, you regretted that straight away. And I was like, yeah, I was looking in the, in the mirror at the barbers and went, Fuck. Why'd you get rid of it? New Year, new mo. It was long and I was like, I can either trim it or I can just grow another one. Yep. Or you could have just got Malik to trim it. It'll take a month. Yeah. I felt like getting a refresh, you know. Might come come through a bit darker rather than usual. It won't. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Welcome or welcome for the first time, if you're joining us for the first time. Episode 19. Yeah, 1-9. First one that we've recorded in the new year. The second one we're going to release in the new year. Um, If you are new... Give us a follow on Instagram at Better Blokes Podcast. Give us a rating and a like and a subscribe and hit the notification bell and all those other things on Apple Music, Spotify, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon. And if you're wondering why I've done that entire intro, it's because Andy just was burping uncontrollably. Uh, yeah, I had a burp. I was eating in the car on the way over. I was also eating in the car on the way over. I bet you had nicer food than I did. Eh, would you have? Uh, I grabbed these little raspberry jellies because it's all I had because I was in a rush. I did go eat, to the chemist. I did eat better than you. Yep, yeah, that is correct. Um, what do you have? I had, it was chicken thighs that I marinated in olive oil, lemon juice, garlic, salt, and herbs, Italian herbs. Yeah. Um, and then air fried because air frying's a goat. Proper fucking sit down dinner in your car while you were driving. Well, no, not when I was driving. It was, I stopped and then, because I was waiting for you because you were late. I was late. Um, and then that. I had that with brown rice and also um, some purple cabbage and red onion with apple cider vinegar. Is it cold? Oh, yeah. Ugh. But it's like, because it, I put it all in once. I don't want to heat up the cabbage because that would be rank. Yeah, that would be worse. So, yeah, it's fine cold. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, welcome back. If you are new, we are just two blokes who are trying to be a little bit better and a little bit less for shit cunt. Fuck yeah. That was good. That was good. Let's open our beers and celebrate. Three, two, one. Pines Brewing Company today. Once again, non-alcoholic as usual because we both have to drive after this. Very fruity. I've got a train after this too. It is very fruity. It is, yeah. So I went for the Four Pines because after the Boxing Day test, I was looking at the photos of the that a few of the Aussie cricket boys put up and I was looking at the beers in their hands and I'm like, these are Four Pines, but I don't don't recognise the cans. Oh, they were actually drinking Four Pines non-alcoholic. They were drinking Four Pines non-alcoholic. And I was like, what the fuck? Why would you drink like after a test match? Bit of a cup out. So the reasoning is so four pints because Aussie cricket is now sponsored, sponsored by, by four pints, yeah. Which is a big change from VB. Yeah. <laughs> and four X of years gone by in twoies. Um but then they're drinking not alcoholic because mate, they're athletes and they got another test. That's true. Poor old Scotty Boland didn't even get picked for this one. He was yeah. drinking non alcoholic beer after he fucking He should have had a few full strengths. Wins a test for us and gets dropped to the, the members area. It's for bloody Ashton Agar, the part timer. Yeah. I mean, also you could say he was dropped for Josh Hazel as well. Um, I would say that considering Mitchell Stark was injured. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. It was It was just interesting decisions to a, for a game that was never going to be finished because it's currently pouring with rain. Yeah. yeah. We've probably had all the cricket we're going to have for yeah. that test. Port Usman Guaja stuck on 195. You know what I hope? What? 
I hope that they just go out there, even in the pouring rain, and they lob an underarm and he just baseballs it for six. So you can say, yeah, I got a double hundred. 201, not out. Yeah, and then Australia declares and then the game's over. Yeah. Because nothing else is going to happen. No. It's a draw. Yeah, you can't play cricket in a fucking swimming pool. No. How are you, Andy? I'm good, Robbie. Um, had a good start to the year. That's I'm good. In high spirits as always and yeah, loving life. How are you? Interesting start to the year. Yeah. It was good. Like I'm, I'm actually really happy to be back at work. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm, lo- ah, I'm loving having the routine of work back again. I, I was definitely being sitting there like um, that. It's a John Travolta in um, that movie. I don't know the movie it's from, but where he's like spinning yeah. in the mid- when he's like oh, holding his jacket. It's, it's the, a Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yeah, Pulp yeah. Fiction. That's the one. Yeah, I felt like that um, for a little bit there. So I'm glad to be back at work. Um, training, I'm still kind of like managing my routine because of this kind of like shin injury and a few other things, like the way that this work week has come up. I w- went into work on Thursday. It was like, oh, I won't train today and then ended up having so much time and I was like... You can't not train. Well, I didn't have any kit. Oh, for fuck's sake. You always bring a kit. Always yeah. have spare kit in your, in your work Yeah, night. so um, that was a little bit silly. Or at least in the car. So now I have to go back to work to afternoon because yeah. today just ended up being it was like i know i didn't have enough time at any point to train yeah if you'd plan the head better oh yeah you wouldn't have to head back to work today exactly um but my tactic was leaving my bag at work so that i have to go back to work regardless yeah smart um maybe yeah. not smart but i mean oh well, something decent. like somehow maybe a little bit not dumb this is great content i'm enjoying this yeah. a lot <laughs> we're five minutes in we've just talked about how how dumb i am um, we actually came in with a pre-prepared idea. A pre-prepared. Fuck me. Try it again. Pre-prepared idea. Yeah. You could have just said pre-planned. Pre-planned would be. I easy tried to say it. both at the same time. Yeah. It's the pre-prepared. Pre-prepared. Um, what's that idea today, Andy? Oh, fuck. My phone's going to die, so you need to, you might need to read these out. But our plan is mistakes, like fairly common mistakes that people make when, what it be getting it, we're going to, tackle it from the approach of getting into training in the new year because it is the first week of the of said new year and mm. uh, but just kind of getting into training in general like mistakes people generally make that we've seen time and time and time again when, when going from shit cunt to fit cunt oh yeah fuck, i forgot the nice line i even came up with that line you did what we should we should actually just combine our businesses and call it shit cunt to fit cunt we could do that <laughs> we'll work together um I'm in charge. <laughs> um, I'm not working for a cunt who looks like you. you that was really mean. You've a bum chin and a shit moustache. I have no moustache now. <laughs> you didn't know I had a bum chin until I brought that up on Wednesday. Yeah. Because oh. nobody notices until I shave the moustache. Yeah, because... It, <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you did shave the moustache off. And, and now you can see that I have a bum chin. Yeah. That's why I didn't do November. Yeah. It's a sizable bum chin as well. Fuck off. <laughs> Less dump about tr- my bum dump chin. truck. <laughs> Bunda <laughs> It's thick with eight C's uh, And okay um, Alrighty well let's fucking get into it then What is your number one mistake That people make when going from shit cunt to fit cunt I think When people are very vague about the goals And not fully known what they want to do Like I just want to be more toned Yeah exactly like Pretty much exactly what you said. Like people will go into the gym, and say, "Oh, I just want to get fitter." It's like, "All right, well, what does that look like to you?" Because that will look like something very different to someone else. Mm. So, what does fitter look like to you? And like, oh, I don't actually know. 
I was like, oh, I just want to lose a little bit of weight. He's like, all right, well, what does losing weight look like to you? Because, fuck, you chop off your foot, you're lighter. So it's kind of when you're very vague about what you want and you don't have to be uber, uber specific, but when you're very vague about what you're trying to do and what you want, it's very hard to move in a direction that's going to fulfill you. So I think that would be, that it's a, it's a very common one as well. Because yeah. if, if, sorry to cut you off, but if you're like brand new to the gym, like it's not like you're just kind of starting back up, like you've never been in the gym before, you've never really played sport. Well, it's hard to know what you want. Mm. And that's why being able to sit down and go through, like we talked about the grow model and kind of identity-based behavior mm. change and goal setting last week, being able to sit down and go through stuff like that and kind of hash out a, an idea of where you want to be and who you want to be, it's going to make the process of getting into the gym or getting into a sport or just exercise in general, it's going to make that process a hell of a lot easier and a lot smoother as well. And it gives it a point, like you're not just going to the gym for gym's sake, like uh, like motivational psychology tells us all that if you're just going to the gym because you like because you should go to the gym because you think you should you n- it's not going to last very long like most people that stop it's because they don't have a reason to go there so yeah. having like a point um is definitely helpful i think kind of like to add on top of that as well is like you either get the i don't know or you get the like i don't care yeah like it's like i don't care i just someone's told me i have to like someone on social media told me i have to go to the gym so i'm going to the gym and it's like okay, like coming into the gym is definitely a good starting point and that's better than not coming to the gym. But like if you come in with that mindset of I don't care, you're not going to succeed. No. And if, especially if you don't know what succeed looks like. Success exactly, looks like. yeah. So if you come with that like I don't care, it means you. It means the difference between you and your success is that like it's irrelevant to you. Yeah, if you yeah. don't get it, there's... You, you almost end up with your own limiting factor. Exactly, yeah. You need to know your why. Yeah. And then, and as we like said, like make it, you know, something that scares you a little bit, like make it tough to get to. Yeah. And also be honest with yourself. Like I think sometimes people have these scary goals that they kind of, they have kind of have as like a dream or like an idea of what they want to do in the back of their head, but they kind of have this like fear of failure. So rather than saying, I want to do this, but I'm scared I won't achieve it. That fear turns into like, I don't care. Like, Oh, I just, it's irrelevant to me. Like, I'd, it, if I don't get if it doesn't happen, I don't care. It's like well, I, like you do want it to happen. It's just that you have like managing your expectations of whether or not you can do it, but also having the fucking like balls to just have a crack. Yeah, it's almost like kind of thinking you're not worthy of success because yeah. whatever it is that you you feel like you want, because it seems so unattainable. You're kind of like, oh well, that's that's great and all that, but that's just not me. Because you may maybe lack the identity of someone who that can be for. <laughs> Just circling back there. That was a good callback. Yeah, it was a good callback. Twice. Yeah. yeah. 10, 11 minutes you've called it's back. It's almost like we know what we're talking about, Robbie. That's <laughs> more just we listened to that last week's podcast on the way in. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is almost like. And we're getting very deep very early on as well. Yeah, well. Straight into. As you should. But yeah, like it. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, number two. Should we alternate? Should I go next? Yeah, you can go next. Um, so number two is definitely something that we have talked about before and probably one of the biggest things that we can personally help you with is going into it like either winging it or just like not having a plan. Yeah. So you kind of have an idea of where you want to go, but you don't have an idea of how to get there or like what, how you're going to like structure it or when, de- what day you're going to train, all that kind of stuff. It's like having, knowing that you want it, there's somewhere that you want to drive to, but you've never been there before. 
and not figuring out a route before you leave and just kind of going, it's in this direction. So I'll just kind of try and keep gradually going in that direction. Chances are you probably get it pretty fucking lost. Yeah. Well, it ties into the first one. Like, for, like you're thinking of, all right, well, a checklist for success. First thing you need is a destination, a, a direction to go in. The second thing you need is a fucking plan to get there. Like, and you can't have one without the other. Because if you don't know where you're going, you can't build a plan to get there. But if you've decided where you want to go, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to get there. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the most kind of like detailed structure plan in the world. But knowing what you're doing in the gym before you get there oh, yeah. is a hell of a lot better than, oh, I'll just I'll see what's yeah. what's available. Because especially this time of year, you go to the gym. Nothing's going to be available. Yeah. Like, oh, you get half a dumbbell. Yeah. And you're <laughs> <laughs> it took you a second. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like, the amount of people that you see come in and they'll just kind of, like, you see them, they do the, like, they stand and they kind of just, like, look around, like, oh, for what's available, like, what can I use? And it's, like, chances are, like, now especially, if equipment is available, it's usually shit equipment. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go there with a plan, you know, all right, I've got to do these six exercises, let's say. The order is, like, it's, it, you'd want to stay in the order that it's in, but you, you've got room to move. And then you go, oh, someone's using the leg extension, but no one's using the hamstring curl. I know that I'm supposed to do both of them. I'll just go do the hamstring curl until the leg extension becomes available. Otherwise, if the other way, like if you don't have a plan, you're just standing there, like, I don't know what the fuck. But it's also like if you have a plan as well, like if you're working towards X and your plan is to get you there, you're kind of like, you're not going to go off it because you know that it's designed to get you where you want to go. Whereas if you don't have said plan, it's going to go in like and wing it. You're like, oh, fuck. You might not, you might end up doing a training session that is very f far away from the direction you want to move. Like the plan is also, if you've gone about the right way and maybe you've hired a coach or you have someone who actually knows what you're talking about, like guiding you and helping you, that's going to get you where you want to go. So it's like, all right, well, that it's personalized for you. This is what you need to do to achieve what you want to achieve. Whereas winging it is never going to get you there. Yeah, I mean, if we continue this car analogy of driving from one point to another, yeah. you know the route to get there. You're not going to just turn off the route and go home. Exactly, yeah. You're going to keep going because you know how to get there. Yeah. So it helps with motivation. Sometimes you might have to take a detour, but you'll still get where you're going. That was nice. I had to take a detour on the way here because the roads are flooded. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was really easy for me to get here. Maybe you came from work. Where did you come from? Home. It's not that far. Yeah, I know, but there was a flooded road in between. Oh. Uh, what's next? Let me check my phone's locked. I am trying to do everything all at once and not prioritizing any one aspect. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's quite that's quite a like up our alley for the moment because obviously we both strength train and we both have some fairly big endurance goals that we're working towards. To Go towards two opposing goals concurrently is maybe not the best idea, but we can look at it and like we're very clearly prioritizing our endurance goals at the moment and the strength is just kind of like, let's hang on to it. It ties into knowing what you want. Like you, you might, so once again, come back to our checklist. We know our goal. We have our plan. Well, that goal might be a few different things. Okay, I want to lose a load of weight, but then I also want to put on some muscle and get more athletic in the process. To do all three things at once is going to be very, very hard and a hell of a lot slower. Because if you can periodize your training and be like, right, well, first things first, I have a few kilos to lose with a big Christmas and a big end of the year. It'd be nice to be 
to have to have less body fat and kind of get myself in a position where I'm primed to then go and build some muscle and increase my performance. Mm. Sweet. Focus on the fat loss. Then we can focus on putting on some muscle. Then we can focus on building some strength and building some athletic performance. So it's almost like you would create a plan for it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's all tying in together. It's all tying together. <laughs> like we plan this. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, like, of your point of, like, the fact that obviously we have kind of, like, concurrent goals that, like, I mean, they don't necessarily get, like, you're not going to, because we do strength training, that's not making us less fit and doing endurance training isn't making us less strong. It's just we only have a certain amount of time in a week to give to training. And so we have to do it that way. But also on top of that, we are both fairly highly educated individuals. We also pretty much live in a gym and we have both have like coaches and mentors and people around us that can help us get through it constantly. So we're in a fairly good position. And just want to add on that. We have the ability to control our own schedules very, very strictly. Exactly. So we, we're in a fairly good position to have quite like to have concurrent goals. Yeah. But if you're someone who's like just entering the gym for the first time or coming back to the gym after a long absence, um, you're quite busy at work. Maybe you've got the kids as well. You know, you've, you've don't have a huge amount of control over your own schedule. Um, and you're not super educated in the area. Then it's like, well, taking like trying to do yeah three or four things at once, probably not going to work that well. It's going to um, be slower. Yeah. The classic thing that is like, oh, I, like I want to be fitter. Like I want to be like stronger. I want to lose some body fat. I want to put on muscle, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like go and do like a bunch of like hit training and then lift, like try and like not really like end up lifting weights that much because you're a bit scared of lifting weights, but then you're doing the hit training. So you feel like you're training, but you want to get stronger, but it's not really getting stronger. And then oh, I don't really want to focus on my diet. It's like all of a sudden there's like heaps of just interference. And it's like, if you can just go, all right, for the next six weeks, we're going to focus on a fat loss phase. You know, tighten up on the diet a little bit, yeah, and then just make sure that we're we're doing our strength training as well to still be building that muscle. And then we've got our movement up as well. Okay, sweet. We've just done that fat loss phase. Now let's go into more of a muscle building phase. So we're probably going to increase our food a little bit more. We're going to focus mo- mainly on our strength training with, just, with some movement just to keep us going. And then you go into your performance. It's like, all right, well, now we can start just aiming purely for that performance goal rather than trying to lose body fat and perform at the same time. Because trust me, I've tried it before and it sucks. Yeah. And like once you get down to like, say, take that analogy, you just kind of say once you get down to a level of leanness where you're happy and then you then up your intake because um, your output is going to be so much more. If you do start focusing on on performance-based goals, well, you're going to continue to, improve your body composition along the line like you will get to a certain point where things will happen concurrently you just got to focus on what's on a focus like you like what's most important right now and it's not always going to be the most important it's just like all right for the next six eight twelve weeks what what's my why for this kind of period of time then after that what's next like once you achieve a goal that's not the end of the road it's kind of it's always like all right well I've done this really, really cool. What do I do next? Yeah. And it's kind of taking that approach. It makes training more of a lifestyle thing. It just kind of becomes who you are. You're not just going to the gym because oh, you think you should go to the gym and you have goals because oh, fucking Andy and Robbie said I should have goals. You're, be, mm. you're kind of just becoming a fitter and a healthier and a stronger person. You're becoming a bit less of a shit cunt. Oh, oh, nailed that. like that one? You're really doing well today. Yeah. You've come I'm in on the ball. Yeah. Imagine if you could be on the ball with your time. 
Fuck off. <laughs> uh, hey, I tried really hard to get here on time. I tried really hard. There was just some Not things that hard were enough. Um, number four. That's our fourth one. Lack of patience. Um, I'm fucking losing my patience with you. I tell you that. <laughs> Rome was not built in a day, was it, Andy? No, it wasn't. Goals take time, people. Um, I think it's definitely common amongst people that start training in January that by February they're like, I haven't seen the most amazing results and because of that I'm going to give up. It's not how it works. Um, taking time, being consistent is what's going to deliver you the results that you want. Like there's so many different ways of doing things, but the cornerstone, the key piece of all of them is consistency. Because if you're not consistent, it's not going to fucking happen. No. Um, so having some patience and taking your time to get there. I know everyone tries to advertise, you know, like six weeks to a flatter tummy or like abs in four weeks. Or like if you do this for a month, you'll be shredded or, and jacked. But it's like, in reality, none of those work. Um, and if they do work, they're not sustainable. Like if, if someone can get you go from being sort of like, overweight to having a six pack in six weeks that's not sustainable it's unhealthy and yeah. it will reverse straight away where it, but if you just take some time be patient think about making small changes over a long amount of time and letting those changes compound in the end you're going to see much better and much more sustainable and long-term results than if you just try and you know eat 800 calories a day for four weeks it's like yeah, you're going to lose weight but like you're going to feel shit. You're going to feel shit. And you probably, a lot of that's going to be muscle as well. And yeah. then what you put on is going to be mostly fat. Yeah, and then you're going to fucking yo-yo as well because that's, there like is said, unsustainable. There is actually a study, there was a couple of studies that were kind of like long-term um, effects of diets, purely purely diets for weight loss. Yeah. And it found that in terms of body composition, the majority of the weight, we when we lose weight, like if you're not doing physical, like if you're not doing resistance training at the same time, um, it's a pr approximately 50-50 body fat to muscle ratio that you lose. When you put, when that weight eventually comes back on, when you yo-yo, it's about 75-25 body fat to muscle. So if you keep going like that, eventually you're going to get to the point where you're in a very unhealthy position where you're mostly body fat and not much muscle if you keep doing that. So being able to be consistent and make sure that when you're losing weight, you're not dropping off a huge amount of muscle at the same time. And you're continuing to train. Continuing to train, being consistent, eating your protein. When... In the long run, you're actually going to be in a lot healthier position. Yeah, it's drop some science on you. But also, like, if you ask anyone who has, say, a not, not an attainable physique, but like someone who has like a really good physique that people would want to attain, if you turn around and ask them, it's like, oh, did you do that in twelve weeks? No, cunt is saying, oh yeah, didn't take that long at all. Five oh, years, ten oh, years, yeah, five, six, seven, eight, years. Yeah. even longer. Yeah. Like most of those people started regularly lifting weights in high school and, are and just that. kept doing yeah. it and, and then got better at it. Yeah. And I mean, you'll see some people that will do it over like three or four years. Yeah. Like you get some freaks who are, they're also super strict. Like yeah. that's like a, a lifestyle affecting strictness, which if that's what you want to do, fucking go for yeah, it. Yeah. And it suits some people in their personality. It's, yeah. That's a very small percentage of the population. Yeah. yeah. Like if it, some, you can do it, but it's like super strict. It's like the type of people that completely cut out alcohol, go, f go to bed at eight, wake up at four, train every day, like move, moving constantly, eat, like track everything that they put into their body within an inch of their life, which is like, it works for some people, as you said, but like, that's the level of discipline that you have to attain in order to attain that physique. Yeah. That amount of time. To, to do anything really quickly. And still it's like three years. 
three, four years. Yeah, it's still not a six or an eight week thing. Yeah. But you can definitely, with challenges like that, you can still, you can bring on and bring on behavior change and set in some really good habits and, yeah. and rituals and kind of set yourself up with it, them kind of 12 week things. But it's never going to be like, oh, I've gone from, I've got exactly where I want to be in just 12 weeks with no prior training or anything yeah. like that. And the, those challenges can be helpful for creating momentum or like increasing speed. Like sometimes like with work, we might do like a sprint where we go really hard for six weeks of our work, like just head, like grind, like nose to the grindstone so that we can then chill for a couple of weeks at the end. But those are momentum gainers. Like it's not, we know that we're not going to be able to maintain that for a large amount of time. Same right. thing with training. Um, a certain uh, fitness, mul multinational fitness brand, uh, they started at 12 weeks and then they realized that le more people would sign up if it was shorter. So they went to eight weeks and then they went to s 45 days, which is just over six weeks. And already that was like, that's too short. Then they went six weeks exactly. And they did fucking two week one last year. Functional three quarters of an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like those, I've seen it firsthand, those challenges, like those type of challenges don't work. No. Well, that's when it's a money grabbing thing. And it's not yeah. about like, oh, 12 weeks to be, to like, build better habits or, or, be, or become a better individual in terms of making some serious change. It's okay. Well, we can get a few hundred people to sign up for this challenge and just smash them for two or four weeks. How much can we charge them to starve them and make them move a ridiculous amount so that they lose weight? Yeah. And they're jumping around and they're sweaty. So they think that it, it makes a difference when in reality it doesn't. So say you can't have coffee and it's like, I can't have coffee, but you make me eat 1400 calories a day. It's like, fuck out of here. Also, it's normally like as someone who used to work for them, and I worked for similar gyms at home in Ireland. You're you're being told what to do by normally people who aren't fully qualified coaches. They're normally just group fitness instructors. Mm. A lot of the time, they're maybe twenty, twenty one, twenty two. First job, yeah. First first job, know nothing in the industry, and all they know is what they've been taught by the franchise owner. Who often isn't even a PT. Yeah, who often knows fuck all themselves. Yeah, mine wasn't. Yeah. He was like, he's actually really unhealthy. <laughs> a lot of them tend to be. Because <laughs> um, it's well, it's a business investment. It's yeah. not On it's not a passion project like someone who opens their own gym. Whilst I worked there, I did a seminar that was run by the, the like higher ups in the US. The head of sports science for F forty five, who's supposed to be like he's supposed to have like like a, like a high level sports science education university. He's been, in, he's being paid out like a very, very big salary to run this, the sports science for this joint. He goes, Oh, so like we decided we'd add more resistance training in because people tend to do better on their weight loss goals when they do more resistance training. And I was like, funny like that. I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, bro, like what do you mean? I knew that that was fucking week two of of foundations of exercise science. Yeah. Fundamentals of exercise science. That's what's wrong with the industry. Anyway, moving on. Uh, unrealistic expectations. That kind of ties in quite nicely to, to said <laughs> company. We've nailed this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I in A big thing that, I mean, I think we're all guilty of it is setting unrealistic expectations. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about, like, have a goal that scares you and then unrealistic expectations is... Beyond that. It, it's close. It's a yeah. fine line. Yeah, I suppose it will be a fine yeah. line. Because it goes, the goal... You can't see this, people, because there's no video, but 
if I hold my hand up to a certain level, it's the goal that scares you. And then just above that is the goal that's unachievable and that's unrealistic. Yeah. And it's, going into it, you need to, once you've set your goal, you need to know how achievable it is. And that's not to say like you shouldn't set yourself big lofty goals. You should. Mm. And then break it down to little milestones and kind of tick them off as you go. But know your limitations and it kind of goes into the time frame thing. Know that in 12 to 16 weeks, you're not going to go from maybe doing no exercise to fucking stepping on stage beside Chris Bumstead. Yeah. As the, as the as first sport that came to my head. Olympia. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's couch to 5K, not couch to ultra marathon. Yeah, well, that's what we did, and that was a terrible idea because we're all... But we were already running at that. Yeah, point. true. So it's not like we would couch. We were like half marathon to ultra marathon, which is still dumb, Like, and we're both still suffering we're from Very it. dumb. But... I mean, let us fail to, so you guys can learn. Like, stand on the, our shoulders. They're not very high, but stand on top of them and know that, like, that, like, yeah, setting that expectation of I'm not going to go from sitting on a couch to running a marathon in 12 weeks. Give yourself some time. Like, be okay with it taking longer. Yeah. Like, set, your, set yourself your goal and set your expectations accordingly. And then once you achieve that goal your expectations of yourself will gradually increase as your kind of your capability and your capacity increases as well. Because when you're starting out, you like your work capacity and kind of how far you can go in, in a particular period of time is not going to be as much as it is, say, six months down the line when you have six months of experience and six months of, of knowledge under your belt and six months of actual just real world kind of like life experience of actually working towards a goal. I mean, the majority of people that we like start out with in the gym, like whether it's in the gym or online, like when we start with them, like we don't actually like throw them straight into specific training for their goal. Typically, we start off with what we call like a, a GPP, which is general physical, physical preparedness. <laughs> general physical preparedness, which is just getting them into a position where they can actually start going to their goals. Because sometimes you need, whether it might be two, it might be four, it might be eight weeks, it might be two, three, four, five, six months that you need of just getting regular training, being consistent and developing habits and a base, a physical base and a mental base before you can start having a crack at getting on stage. With yeah, and, and then you kind of get into your routine and you be, like make the whole process part of your lifestyle before you kind of tackle the bigger goals. Mm. No, that's, I like that one. That's good. Fucking nailed it. Um, number six, listening to the wrong people. Yeah, that's it. I think that's probably the biggest mistake, but also the most common one, Super common. especially nowadays with social media being such a big part of everybody's life. Every moron on TikTok that's, you know, oils themselves up, uh, takes their shirt off, oils themselves up, and then says, if you do this ab, this ab workout that takes five minutes, like abs. I think a good rule of thumb, if they're, if they're trying to teach you via dancing to a song, it's probably not. Helpful information. I mean, it's like if they're looking to make money off you, then it's probably not useful information. I'm going to counter that point. And that's not us because we're not trying to – we're trying to help you achieve your goals. It just so it costs money. We're not trying to just make money off you. So if someone's selling you a program, like they're not selling you coaching, they're selling you a program yeah, or a right. workout, that's probably – If you're selling like a, a three-day booty builder – Kind of program, like that kind of thing? Yeah. So I should scratch that off my 
January yeah. to do list. Yeah, you should stop doing selling three day booty programs for what are four day booty programs? Eh, maybe five. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, five days you can get a fucking bunda. Yeah, five days a week, and then like in fine print for six weeks. And also, you'll need BBL surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, also like, there's also you know someone <laughs> we have him down in our notes, but like the liver king. Um, Someone's telling you to eat testicles. <laughs> yeah. Well, juice to the fucking gills. Yeah. Listen, listen to that man because he's telling the truth. If you were stunned, if you were like, what, that the liver king was on the juice, if you don't know who he is, go on Instagram now and search the liver king. You probably would have seen him somewhere. But like, if you can't tell that he's on the juice straight away, it's like. Unrealistic eating, expectations. Hitting you that big from eating testicles, I'll tell you that. No. I saw a guy the other day, I think it was on TikTok, who was like, he called it a keto hot dog or something like that. And he had a testicle of some sort with, he goes, oh, with just a little bit of butter in it. And it was honestly like, it probably would have been like a sixth of a whole thing of butter, like a standard size thing of butter. It was a fucking like three inches long, like an inch wide of butter that was just, he cut into the testicle raw and then just put this stick of butter in there and ate that. And he goes, it's full of good fats. Primal. No, it's not. (laughs) Is cholesterol as bad for you as people thought it was? No. Is eating a stick of butter good for you? No. But <laughs> how does that fucking t- like butter on toast? The taste not- butter on toast is okay because it melts and yeah, it's but a it ta- and it tastes nice. Like the butter to toast ratio is quite yeah. But like if you're just eating a stick of butter, even with a testicle or no testicle, just eating butter by itself, fucking hell! Mm. What is wrong with your taste buds? Yeah, but this and I mean like it's it kind of I think leads into the next time that we have. But like the amount of people just that on TikTok that like this is a number one exercise. It's like dude, you. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I'm a certified PT. It's not hard to become a certified PT. It takes six weeks. <laughs> it's really not that hard. So if someone's just like claiming that they're a certified PT and that's the reason you should listen to them, no. You should listen to them because they they know what the fuck they're talking about and, you know, do this exercise to get abs or this is the number one chest exercise. Like, the, Probably some of the last people I'd listen to for fitness advice is... People who have just finished their Cert 3 and Cert 4. The amount of people that are still doing their Cert 3 and Cert 4 and stuff, they're like posting fitness content. Bro, you don't know the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You can't you can't call yourself a coach until you've actually worked as a coach yeah. for a decent period of time. At least a year, year and a half. I even say like three or four. Yeah. Uh, I'm at three, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you shouldn't listen to anything three. from the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, only start listening to Robbie now. Yeah, now. Um yeah, I mean, like, there was people that I went to uni with that would, like, they would post what we learnt at uni that day on their Instagram, almost verbatim. It's like, yes, I could also take the notes and post them. Yeah, and also that's the shit no one cares about. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, some of it was relevant, but it's also, like, they didn't really... Yeah, understand. but you lacked context. Yeah, there's no... A lot con- of I mean, time with that. And that leads us into a good point, is, like, con- the context of the information that someone is giving you is really important. Um, If someone is, like, you know, let's say this is a common one, a... A girl doesn't train that often. Her boyfriend goes to the gym all the time. So she goes to the gym with her boyfriend and she does what her boyfriend does. Boyfriend comes in to do fucking chest and shoulders and tries. She doesn't need chest and shoulders and tries. And she also doesn't need to do, she doesn't need to do that many chest, shoulders and tries exercises. She also doesn't like, has no idea. He doesn't know, had no idea how to coach them. He probably isn't even doing them right in the first place. But it's like, if she's like a a 50, 50 to 55 kilo girl who's never trained before, she doesn't need to be doing the program of an, 
85 kilo bloke who's got maybe two years of training experience. Yeah, and a fuck lot more testosterone floating around them. Exactly. Yeah, it's um and eating a lot more too. Yeah, it's a common one that you see. Or another one, and this is true with like guys and girls, but like I think it's more prevalent with girls at the moment. Or maybe it's just in our gym where you'll get two or three mates, one of them who's probably maybe had a coach before or has just been going to the gym for maybe six months to a year and the other two who are brand new and just kind of trying to coach them. And you're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. But You'd actually be better off like hiring a coach for six weeks. Yeah. just Or longer. Yeah, or longer. Like learn the, even just learn the basics. You don't have to go take a deep dive, but trying to teach your mates when you'll learn stuff and you you just pick stuff up. Like you'll learn by doing, but then being able to coach and regurgitate that information effectively with they context. Don't, they don't understand it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Try, yeah. Well, that's, that's what you're doing. You're regurgitating information that you don't understand yeah. that you kind of, Oh, well this worked for me. I oh, saw someone do this and this actually worked for me. So I'm just going to tell you to do it. Not quite how it works. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many TikTokers out there that are like, you have to do this exercise for this. And it's like, yeah. you know, you know, JPG, the, TikTok. yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you told me about him. He's, okay. he really loves the, um, that like the single arm, lap single pull arm down. Lap pull down, yeah. yeah, like the cable one. And um, I saw some guy on TikTok being like, um, you don't need to do the single arm lap pull downs. Um, if you want a big back, just do chin ups. And he, it was him doing like loaded chin ups. Granted, he was doing a pretty heavy amount, but he was using his upper traps to do almost the entire movement. Yeah. He was like, had the rounded shoulders and the shoulders up near his ears. And it's like, bro, your back's not working. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's also like, oh, this, like, someone could be doing an exercise for a specific reason or just because they fucking like it. Like some people don't like some exercises, they just don't feel good for them and they'd rather do something else. That's fucking fine. Yeah, just leave them. Just because you think a, better, a certain exercise is better because you enjoy it or it works well for you, fucking leave people alone. And also for a lot of exercise, chances are that exercise itself is not, it's not going to get more of an adaptation or it's not a better exercise. It's just that you prefer it more. You prefer it and you feel more comfortable doing it. And realistically, the exercises you're going to do the most are the ones you feel most comfortable doing and you can be consistent with. And the ones you enjoy. Exactly. So, you know. Like, if you hate running, you're never going to be a good runner. Yeah. So, talk to Randy, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, do you remember number seven? Oh, I didn't have a number seven, I have six. Yeah, but then I said a seventh one. I don't remember what Do you want me to say? Yeah. So, it leads on to that. Um, and then we have some, hang on, before you go, we do have some questions through Instagram that we'll, we'll tick on after, after number seven. Well, and then I had an eight too. Oh, well, look, see, fucking communicate me better, Robbie. Come on. I did mention this before, but yeah, I just didn't write it down. You know yeah, what? I'll just on. go, I'll do seven and eight. Is that okay? Yeah. And then you can ask the question. Yeah. So easy. So seven was, I guess it ties into what we just spoke about, but it is making an exercise hard for the sake of it being hard. Um, so just because an exercise looks tricky or looks fancy doesn't mean it's actually better for you than just the exercise you're doing. Um, the other day I saw someone doing walking reverse lunges. So he wasn't it's, he wasn't doing forward walking lunges and he wasn't doing a reverse lunge on the spot. He was actually reverse lunging and then standing and then going backwards and then stepping out with his other foot. And it's like he was struggling so much from a balance perspective, um, from a coordination perspective, and the fact that he couldn't actually see where the fuck he was going, that that was the limiting factor on his exercise. It wasn't how much he was lifting. So his, his form was, I mean, I don't know how reverse walking reverse lunge is supposed to specifically look because I've never seen anyone do it before. But his form was horrible. 
And it meant that he couldn't lift a weight that was actually going to give him an adaptation because he was doing this muppetry. But it's tricky for so many other reasons, like yeah. the balance and not looking where you're going. Yeah. It's like what Luke Lehman says when you try and invent an exercise. When you think you've invented something new, it's probably because someone tried it before and realised this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not an exercise. Yeah, I actually quoted, did that exact quote in my Instagram post. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Glad to know you read them. <laughs> um, I don't read yours, it's okay. Um, but yeah, like literally, like if... Because if you can't read. Anyway, fuck off. <laughs> um, I can read just for uh, for the for the record. Um, yeah, like just because, like, it, yeah, if you think you've invented it, chances are it's just a shit exercise. Yeah. Um, and if you're, this is something that I said, it was like if you're the limiting factor of the exercise is how technically difficult it is to do rather than the weight you are lifting, then it's probably a shit exercise. Yeah. Because you want to get more load in there. There are times if your technique's horrible drop the load, make sure your technique's good. And there are sometimes where, as a coach, I will give someone a specific exercise because I'm trying to encourage a specific movement that they're struggling to achieve, in which case I will have to lower the weight for them to achieve the movement. But typically, reverse walking lunge, get fucked. Yeah, not any of my program. No. <laughs> you can also like just regress to an easier version of an exercise. Do a reverse lunge? Yeah, or just a regular walk or a split squat. I don't often... I'm trying to think, what the fuck would be the reason for a reverse walk and lunge? There isn't one. Yeah, like... Even like a walking lunge, there isn't really one. It's just it's just what? more fun than doing... It's, yeah. It's just a bit more to it. It's a bit more dynamic, so it keeps people yeah. engaged and interested. But also, like, I mean, there's a deceleration there's, portion There's a deceleration, it. yeah. So like if you have someone who is maybe more athletically focused, yeah, walking lunge is probably better than split squats, but then it's also... That's not going to be your big... No. Kind of money maker. No. Squat, deadlift, split squat, split squat, hip thrust. Yeah. Repeat. I don't like hip thrusts. I really like them for um, teaching people how to properly hinge. hinge. Yeah, they're good for that. Um, I'm not saying they're about exercise. Yeah. I just don't like them. The, the issue I'm running into more now, and it's why I'm loath to, to keep um, programming them. It's is a cunt of a setup. It's a cunt of a setup and pack up. It takes 10 minutes. Yeah, and then... You're taking up a lot of room and then there's people... They you need a box and you need either a wall or some weights behind it and it's like... You need, and then the bar and then the plates and the bar pad, which they're never really in good nick unless they're brand new and well, they only stay brand new for about two weeks. Yeah, and then people just fucking destroy them because they treat them like shit. Yeah, like every other piece of equipment. That's why um, Danny keeps one in the PT locker, the pink one. Really? If you need it. Yeah. Well, I don't program hip thrusts because I don't. Well, like I mean, you might need a bar pad for it. Yeah, I don't like doing them either, though. Yeah. Oh, I like I do like doing them, but I would prefer someone else set them up. I just come in and do them and fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> should hire a PT. Not that that's the job of a PT, yeah. but I do have one. Though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just online. Um, sweet. And eight was so the next one was um, nutrition advice that's not tailored to you. Yeah. At uh, that can be a controversial one now. It can be controversial. Because ge sometimes general, like, there is general guidelines for nutrition that you should follow and that will apply to the vast majority of people. I'm going to rescind it. I'm going to come back with a better way of working. Extreme nutritional advice. 800 calories. Yeah, okay. No carbs. Keto. Nutritional advice without an end date. You should have an end date when it, whenever you're doing, in, in, doing a new phase of nutrition, specifically one in which you're going to be restricting you need to have an end date. Yeah, you can't just be in a perpetual calorie deficit. Yeah, 
I mean, first of all, if you're in a perpetual calorie deficit, you'll die. Yeah. Um, second of all... Oh, you're not on a calorie deficit. Yeah. There's also a whole range of like bodily functions that are going to be negatively affected by it. But also from a psychological perspective, like um, if you have to... If I give you a nutrition plan that's for me, in my head is 48 days, but I don't tell you it's 48 days, chances are, chances are day 45, 46 or 47, you're going to go fuck this and binge. Yeah. Whereas if you just tell me... 48 days, you just go, I just got to get to day 48. Yeah, it's just a countdown. Yeah, it's just a countdown. Um, but the re- one of the reasons I kind of bring that up is like often I will have like from... Because obviously I'm specializing a lot with like runners. I'll have someone come in and they're like, oh, I want to get back into running, but I need to lose weight first. And it's like, okay, sweet. Um, why do you need to lose weight? Oh, I want to be lighter. It'll be less affecting my joints. Okay, too easy. All right, how are we going to lose weight? Oh, I've just cut out carbs. It's like, no... If you're looking for, a, if you want to get better at something, cutting out the best fuel for it, probably not a great idea. Yeah, not a good strategy. Like, um, I think I'm going to do a reel on this today. So this is, by the time this episode comes out, you would have already heard me say this, but like cutting out carbs to improve your running because it thinks you'll make you lighter is like putting less petrol in a car to make it go faster because it will be lighter. It's not going to make that much of a difference in the short term in terms of your performance, but it's in like improving it, but then it's actually going to negatively impact it. You're not going to go as far or as fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get frustrated because you're not going as far or fast and then you're just going to give up. Yeah. You're going to burn out. Exactly. So extreme advice or like fucking going like what's extreme nutritional trends. You could say carnivore MD, that fucking guy. I don't, not aware. I yeah. know of the carnivore on Instagram. Diet. The carnivore MDs, this is fucking like bloke on Instagram. I can't remember his name. Um, who's like, he used to be a vegan and now he's gone like carnivore but, uh, and then some other stuff that's like raw. But he calls himself carnivore MD because anyone can put MD at the end of their name. On so he's Instagram. not actually a medical doctor? I don't think so. I haven't heard anything. He's very lean, but that typically happens when you, that's diet you eat. Um, there's no long-term studies on what it does to the inside of you, but a few doctor friends have advised not going on a carnivore diet, specifically for a long amount of time, potentially for a short period, but you should go to a doctor beforehand, get some bloods done, get some proper advice. Anyway, that's beside the point. This bloke walked into a kid's hospital and st- and went into the cafeteria and was like saying, this is the reason these kids are in, a, in the hospital, the cafeteria food. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, he got destroyed by Lane Norton about it. Lane yeah. Norton caught – I think Lane Norton was like, he's a fucking cunt. And someone was like, you you shouldn't get ang- that angry. You shouldn't you be using those words about someone. It's like, why are you telling him off for calling him a cunt? First of all, if you're in Australia, bro, <laughs> get used to it, bro. Um, but also, like, Lane Norton is like, this guy is – like, he's a bad person because he's using children to gain yeah, traction for his own – You've gone into a children's hospital and said you're – you have the reason you're you, sick is you have leukemia because your yeah. food is shit. It's like yeah, that's not really how it works. Yeah, I mean, first of all, as as a few people said, it's like the food in the cafeteria isn't actually the food that they serve to the children. The children have special diets that are done by the nutri- by nutritionists. Yeah, so they're not going into the cafeteria and eating a bag of chips. But also, like the thing is, he knows full well yeah. that that cafeteria food is not what's making the kids sick. But here we are talking about it, and that's why he does it. Yeah, to get his point across. But it, it's funny because people always there's so many stories of people going from one end of the fucking spectrum to the other, and not kind of finding that middle ground where it's like, well, you should probably you should definitely eat meat. I think everyone should eat meat, honestly. Can't. Yes. Um, 
and also eat vegetables. Yeah, because he's he eat says your fucking vegetables as well. Make he sure says you, you shouldn't have vegetables because there's chemicals in the plants that defend them that are toxins that are going to give you cancer. That was that's literally his reasoning. He calls it defended. He says you shouldn't drink tea or eat drink coffee because there's chemicals in those plants that defend them from being eaten by animals. Everything's and made up of chemicals. Yeah, and it's like, mate, animals are made up of chemicals. It's like he like he completely over uh, going past the, the um, minim, minimal effective dose, which is how much of a certain chemical you need to ha- eat consume before it actually affects you. And the minimal effective dose for most of those plants of the like negative chemicals or toxins that he calls them, if like if they are true, he hasn't actually explained which ones they are, would be so little that you would have to eat more than your body weight, consume more than your body weight of the plant in order to get sick. It's like. Uh- Anyway, uh, this is just a separate point. He was saying that, yeah, as like, because these kids are in these like cancer hospitals, and he's saying, "Oh, these foods will give them cancer." It's like, haven't been fucking old enough, uh, alive long enough for to consume the foods over a long period of time to to get cancer to, a, con- to yeah. contribute to the cancer they get. If they've got leukemia. It's something else. Yeah, <laughs> I had to look at the draw. Mm. Fucking hell, what a wanker! Mm. So yeah, fuck your extreme fitness advice. Yeah. Or nutritional advice. All right, are you ready to ask some questions? Uh, yeah, we have four questions. Four. Look at Austin. I'm going. I'm ready for you. Oh, you're right. Yeah. First one. Calorie deficit. What the hell it is? Thanks, Switzerland. <laughs> Could have been phrased a little bit better. A calorie deficit is when you, put simply, you consume less energy, your food. Uh, than the amount of energy that you burn. Yeah. So movement. You expend you expend more than you consume in a day, hence deficit. In order for you to lose weight, purely weight, not talking about fat, muscle, anything else, you need to consume less in a day than you move. So if you want to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Now, there is more to it than just that. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, but that is the basic laws of thermodynamics. Yeah. Thermodynamics. Yeah. If you yeah. put more into something than you take out, it will go up. If yeah. you put the same, it'll stay the same. If you put less, it'll go down. Yeah. And there's different ways to create a calorie deficit. You can do it through a reduction of intake, which is the main and the... Well, most people consume yeah. too much. So, yeah. Yeah, most people consume too much, so consume less. But you can also do it via activity. Like if you were on the borderline, just say you were eating at maintenance, yeah. which is you just say you personally burn 3,000 calories a day and you consume 3,000 calories a day. That's nice and simple. Yeah, exactly. Quick maths. If you kind of just... Um, if I burnt 200 more yeah, calories exactly. a day, all of a sudden I'd be in a deficit. Yeah, I got confused my words there. I, I, I knew what you were Thanks for coming to my rescue. But yeah, you, you just you increase your output rather than dropping your food. Yeah. You're then in the deficit without having to drop your food. Yeah, so but the main way of doing it is drop your intake because the vast majority of people's intake when they're trying to lose weight is too high. Yeah. The first thing I would do is increase your output. Not a heap, just a little bit. You don't have to go like try and burn an entire like you don't have to triple your daily intake like burning start move start exercising so start moving a little bit more lifting weights and then once you start to get into a habit of that you then figure out how much food you're eating and if your weight is still going up or staying the same then you need to eat a bit less food yeah that's pretty much it and then once you've kind of sorted that out then you can go down the route of like all right well how much of which foods am i eating in terms of you can go down the macronutrient breakdown, like how much carbs, how much fats, how much protein, 
are you and should you be eating and then so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm just trying to find the name of someone because there's a point that I want to bring up. So the Diary of a CEO podcast that's oh, I think just I saw the about clip. to come out or come out already. Um, Tim Spector, he's a doctor, and he says the shocking new truth about weight loss, calories, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in it he said exercise doesn't actually contribute to weight loss, which is in a way correct. I can imagine, having not listened to it, I can imagine the point he's trying to make. It's a very disingenuous way of making it. Yeah, I also because it's just a clip, so I think it's been taken. Yeah. I think it, it's it's probably been taken out of context. Bartlett's people have intentionally taken it out of context to call, drum up a storm as he posts it on Instagram five days before he releases the episode, so that people go and listen to it, so they can hear them talk about it. Excess. It's he's saying. I think the point that he was making was that if you only increase the amount of exercise that you do, typically you'll probably without tracking anything to do with your diet you'll increase the amount of food that you consume just subconsciously subconsciously because you're like i'm moving more i'm expending more i'm hungrier i'm gonna eat more so that's just if you just go into a like absolute no thought about it like you're just moving more so it's like for instance if you're someone that spends monday to friday sitting in a fairly sedentary job you don't move a heap and then on the weekend you go for a big long walk you're going to want to eat more yeah just naturally you're going to be hungrier so in that case, the exercise has contributed to you consuming more food. Chances are you're probably not going to lose weight. And therefore, the exercise hasn't contributed to weight loss. Yeah, but that's a very small thing. Everyone should be exercising. He also states that exercise should be done. Like He's not saying don't exercise. Yeah. He's saying you should exercise. That's what I mean. Exercise. Like it, They've purposely made that misleading to yeah. drive views yeah. or, or streams for that podcast. Exactly. So the you should be, cons- you should be exercising. But he also says calorie counting. There's no long-term studies that to show calorie counting works as a weight loss strategy, and that's because nobody wants to calorie count over five years. Yeah, and also like once you get to a certain kind of competency yeah. with tracking food and tracking calories, you're just going to intuitively know. Mm. So you don't really need to track anymore. Yeah, and I will say I know one individual of everyone that I know who tracks religiously every single day and has done for about eight years. How much weight has he lost? Um, he's not like, it wasn't a weight loss thing. He's shredded the fuck and he's built. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Like Giannino Torelli. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, just, but he loves it. Yeah. Because as we said before, like those people that get those insane physiques in like three to four years, is they're so fucking yeah. disciplined about it. You know, the only reason it's like, so his, the reason I know this is because it came up on his, like my fitness path. Like, oh, you have like two, it was like nearly 3,000 days. Yeah. Like in a row. It's like almost 10 years. No, then it wasn't 3,000. I think it might have been 2,000. Okay. And then he's like, oh, yeah, it would be longer if I tracked on Christmas Day like six years ago. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I asked him about it because he, he was my coach at the time. And I was like, what the fuck, mate? And he's like, I, it's just who he is. Yeah. He just enjoys it. He's so data-driven that it just makes sense. And he's so in the habit of it. Yeah. He's the only person that I've, I've known to track anywhere near as long. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you're... If, yeah, like he's fucking shredded and built, yeah. and he looks at like that. And you know what? Long. He'd still look like that if he didn't track at the moment because Probably. he's so in tune that he has yeah. so much. Just he knows exactly what he wants to eat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's like there are people. Um, I, there's a couple of people in the OC that I know that are fairly religious. Like Helmy, can't pronounce his last name. Oh, the I know. Yeah. Big uh, Northern Irish bloke. Fucking oh, huge. Yeah, huge con. And 
Don't give the cunt that accent when he's that massive. <laughs> it is funny. It's terrifying. Yeah. But he definitely like tracks a lot, but that's because like that's part of like what he that's does. That's part of bodybuilding. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, like as I like long term, calorie counting can will probably not lead to weight loss because chances are you'll get to a point where you don't need to lose weight anymore. If you're looking for five years, like you'll probably in two years get to a point where you don't need to lose weight anymore. Yeah. And you're doing it just because you want to know yeah. Your, in, your intake. You stop doing it. Or you stop doing yeah. it. And you just eat intuitively and you're fine. Yeah. So exercise does contribute to weight loss, but it's not like a direct, it may not be a direct and it could potentially lead to not. Yeah. If you're not paying attention to anything else. Yeah. And calorie counting is a tool that you use in the short term or you use it to get, to kind of gain the competency and the autonomy to get to a point where you don't need it. And then, like, I, I tracked a few days ago for a few days just to know where I am. I know, like, oh, sweet, cool. I don't need to. I will plug in my week on a sun, uh, on Sunday. I'll plug in what I'm going to eat on each different day. Well, like, usually I eat the same thing every day, but um, because now I'm having more rest days, I eat, consume a little bit less. <laughs> um, so I'll, um, I'll plug, plug them in on a Sunday just so I can get an idea of how much. And if I need to eat a little bit more or maybe I put in too much and then I can just cut it off a little bit. Um, but the point being is that, yeah, like you're right. I'm, but apart from that, like I didn't track in December. Fuck no. Ate. Just ate and put on a bit of weight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be so rude. But yeah, like I, I didn't go down to my aunties for Christmas dinner. Be like, Hang on, let me get my weigh-in scales out. <laughs> Wait, can I have one more slice of turkey? Oh, no, you got to cut it in half. No. And I need the skin off. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't want any sauce. Did you use light mayo or full <laughs> fat mayo in this potato salad? Uh, low carb beers for me, please. Two <laughs> carton dries. Yeah. Saying that carton dry is nicer than carton draft. I wouldn't know. I don't really drink carton dry. Well, you should. Stone wood. Uh, yeah. If you don't drink that often, you can be posh when you do drink. Yeah, that's true. Alrighty, going into what's the next question, Andy? The next question comes from your mate. <laughs> the state of test match cricket and its decline. What are your thoughts? I think that was meant to be like a topic, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll go on that now. Um, look, I think in test cricket now, for those who are big fans of it, I think there are three sides that really can hold a candle, which is England, Australia and India. And each country... You say that England last year were fucking pissed. Well, see, that's the the next point I was going to make is that all all three of them go through periods of good and bad. Um, But they tend to doctor the pitches in their own country and they get so good at playing on them that they can only play in their own country. And when they go overseas, they're fucked. Like, for instance, India, super dry, spins a lot. So they just have like cracks, like fuck. cracks. So they just have two spinners that are both really good spinners. They all know how to play spin because they grew up playing in spin. Then the Australians come in who don't really know how to play against spin that well, and they get decimated. But then you come to Australia and just get you fucking come to Australia assaulted it, by fast bowling. Yeah, it just bounces and it's so quick that it just like it's so hard to like contain it. And you can see because there's fast bowlers that struggle everywhere else in the world that come from other nations and they yeah. come to Australia and they do really well because they're suited the condi- to the conditions. Um, Jasper at Boomerah, who's in the Indian bowler, he actually like he changes his style of bowling when he comes to Australia, and it's super effective because that's how he like that's the style that's the pitches that are like suit him. But typically, most Indians fast bowlers are not great. Yeah, isn't it? 
Is it the only sport where you're kind of like the pitch makes such a big difference? It has yeah, to be, yeah. It's the only one. Like, realistically, like, there's not – there are players who are in good form that will get dropped for a tour because they think that the, – the selectors think that that player will not be able to do well in that other country. For instance, Travis Head, who has been he, – he got 175 in, against the West Indies in the first test. I mean, he's, been, he's been slapping the ball around. Like, in, in, in Brisbane, he was the top scorer in the – match he's been he slaps the ball around really well he's doing really well he's got 70 off like 50 yesterday yeah, people are going some of the commentators were saying oh do you think he's nailed his spot down for the india tour because he might not be able to play against spin he's been arguably the form batsman of the entire series and they're like is he going to be out is he going to get a spot it's like, yeah in any other sport if you're playing like like you might pick someone that might like one person that might be a specialist for certain conditions like Northern Hemisphere rugby compared to Southern Hemisphere rugby. But typically, or maybe in South Africa, you'll pick someone that's really long-range kicker because that's what how the game is played in South Africa. It's all long-range penalties and drop goals. But in uh, in cricket, there's like there's no other sport where the conditions are so def- definite over how well a team will perform. Yeah, and how like the different cricket boards in different countries will set up the pitches to suit their own team, like you were saying. Exactly, yeah. So, And then realistically, as I said, there's three teams. Like, if you look at West Indies and South Africa, like 30 years ago, though both of those series would have been, well, maybe not 30 years ago for South Africa because they wouldn't have been playing international cricket, maybe 20, 15 years ago for South Africa. Yeah. But 30 years ago against West Indies, 15 years ago against South Africa, you'd have an incredible game, like incredible series where it would like you'd it'd get to the last match and we'd be like, oh, fuck, it's raining. Like, it's not, we're not going to... F- not like know who's going to be a drawn series, yeah. Yeah, we want to know who's going to win. Whereas, like nowadays, it's like we slap to West Indies and then we slap South Africa, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's, what's been, it's been very embarrassing for South Africa. Yeah, and then like realistically, you know, Sri Lanka probably doesn't have the funds available. Pakistan has been New Zealand go through periods. New Zealand go up and down, but they not like they can't they can't stay at a top level for long enough. Yeah, and typically, what will happen is they might focus on Test cricket, and then one day will go down, or they'll te- focus on one day their Test cricket will go down, so they can't really hold on to it. Yeah, do you know Ireland are a full ICC member now? Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, they've played three Tests since twenty seventeen, and they were out. Exciting. In the very first inning, they bowled England out for sixty odd. Yeah, actually I actually remember that, and then they got slapped. Yeah, and then they lost <laughs> Test match. Yeah, and then they all got bowled out for like fifty odd. <laughs> So promising uh, start, Tommy boy. I know you're a bit more. You're a bit. I'd say you're probably a bit more knowledgeable about cricket than I am. But that's my opinion on the decline of Test cricket. Speaking of the fucking decline in this particular Test match as well. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing as well. Like, so there's all this like tradition around around cricket, and it's like a S- Sydney always hosts the last te- or the the January Test, so the New Year's Test. The f- it's always in the first week of January, and the first week of January every year in Sydney it rains. Yeah, and it's like it's a clockwork. So it's death taxes and it raining on the first week of January in Sydney. Why do we keep having the fucking same test year? It's, it's a <laughs> fucking silly. And now we're getting because, and we always win in Brisbane, me. so they always put Brisbane again. So if they're playing, so for instance, this year they moved the Brisbane test back. Why? Because South Africa was going to be the harder series. So they wanted to play South Africa first. They want to play the first game against South Africa in Brisbane so they could win one. That's why Brisbane gets moved around depending on who we're playing. Bastards. So the only teams we'll play, usually the only time we'll play Brisbane first up now is if it's England or India. Because they're the only five-game series. Yeah. Five-test series. I think India we only play four these days. Yeah. And it's because everyone wants short. They want 2020. There's a, the, the 100 in 
the UK where it's only 100 balls in each innings. How many overs 100 balls? 10? No, uh, it's like 15, six, 16? Six, yeah, 16, I think. Because in, in 20 overs, it's 120 balls. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's everyone just wants shorter. I prefer the longer, I prefer watching the longer form. It obviously just takes more time. Yeah, but you just, you don't have to w- sit and watch the whole thing. That's true. You can turn it on, on and off. You can just have it on the background. Yeah, I mean, well, if you're sitting there today, you're watching fucking nothing. Watching rain. Yeah. What? This one's from Ethan while the big man is doing his meal prep on a Monday. Oh, shout out to Ethan. He told me that, uh, yeah, he listens to this while he does his meal prep. So I hope you're enjoying cooking your beef mince or whatever it is you eat. Uh, where is it? How did you guys get into PT work? And what was the motivation and the first steps? It's a good one. I'll let you answer that one first. Um, I think, well, mine it was very kind of like, I never set out to become a PT. Like, I just kind of fell into it. Um, so the first thing that happened was, so I was in the UK. Um, I'd gone over to play rugby, but I tore my ACL before I left, so I couldn't actually play. Yeah, not a good strategy for playing nope. rugby. Um, and I was a bit of a crossroads crossroads in the life and decided I wanted to go back to uni. Um, and just prior to going to the UK, when I was actually, I was in a physio's office, I was sitting there, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we were the only one there, we, had, we were watching the NBA together, he's wearing a polo shirt and trackies, and I went, I could do that. That seems like the kind of energy that I could get around. Well, it's wearing a polo shirt? Well, just like not having to wear a suit, like not having to sit at a desk, like being able to watch sport, like the amount of people that are like, you just have a bit of sport on in the side and like, no, no, you can't do that. It's like, I'm, I can still doing my work. I've just got the sport on there so I can, you know, keep an eye out what's going on. Anyway, so I saw him doing that and I was like, I could get around that. So I was like, I'm going to go to uni and be to do physio. Problem was that um, I was still, I wasn't old enough to get in on what we call mature age entry, which is when you don't, your marks at school don't count. So my marks at school still did count and I just missed out on, being able to get in for physio. Like I think I was like half a point below. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So I did, got into an exercise and sports science degree instead, um, which is typically a building block. Like you'll do that first and then go into, do your master's in physio, which is actually the best way to do it. Cause then you, A, you come out with two degrees and B, you have you, a master's. You have a, you have a master's and that takes five years. Whereas doing well, normal people takes five years. Whereas if you did um, a, just an undergrad physio, that would take you four years. So it's like, one more year and you get a master's. Yeah. Might as well. Um, so I did that and then um, partway through decided I didn't want to work in hospitality anymore because that's where I was working and I wanted to get into the fitness industry. So I did my Cert 3 and then started working at an F45. Um, was there for a while and then realised that it was a bit restrictive. Um, and of course, um, there were some other issues at the place that I worked. Um, and then one of uh, someone I had met sort of through my days at F45, Jake Mackay worked at Fitness Playground and uh, I started talking to him about it. He was like, oh, yeah, 100%, you should come. So um, I had already started my Cert 4, so I got that done real quick and then made the jump over and then I haven't really looked back. And then we became friends. Well, first of all, you trashed me in my haircut in front of an entire room of people that I'd never met before. You'd been there like a week, it was fine. (laughs) I was the new guy and and you were just like, fucking could look like him and i was like or how how do you not let me get a mullet and you'll hire that cunt with that haircut i stand by it (laughs) it was an awful do yeah it was um terrible so yeah that's how i uh 
that's how I got into it. I guess the motivation was I just wanted to fucking help people. I mean, obviously I wanted to have a fairly flexible and chill lifestyle, which was the original like physio. And then that's still kind of the idea that I have is want to be flexible and reasonably chill. And um, being able to work for myself is pretty cool. You're not very chill though. <laughs> you can be quite highly strong sometimes because you're trying to squeeze in 12 training sessions. Yeah, that's because... And everything else you do. Yeah, because that's because I'm a bit highly strung and that is. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, the I, the goal is to be a lot more chill. Yeah, oh, okay. Eventually, yeah. So that's what I'm working towards. I know that... Fucking chill out now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be great, but... <laughs> Calm down. I have, I have very... as I mean, we've talked about how like people tend to go from one end to the other, the extremes. Yeah. So I'm still trying to find my middle ground. But yeah, like... I'll find that eventually. The motivation is I wanted, I want a flexible lifestyle that... Um, it's fulfilling um, where I can make money doing something I enjoy and I can help people. Very poetic. But I'm not helping people for free because if you want to do that, you can fuck off to India. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Matt Peacock. There's other countries you could fuck off to as well. What about you? Um, so yeah, I, I became a PT because I enjoyed PE in school. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's also a quote by Matt Peacock <laughs> yeah, on this very podcast. <laughs> yeah. I remember being, I remember finishing, like, kind of coming to the end of school. I'm not having a fucking clue what I wanted to do. And the only thing was, oh, I played sports a lot. So my mom's like, you should go and do a, like, go into, like, go to union. Do sport. Do, do, yeah, do sport in college. Yeah. Was there, was there exact words? And I was like, no, I don't. Do that. She's like, oh, you could be a personal trainer. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do that. So I actually went to college and started studying law. Because if I like, if I just interject for a hot second there, like 10 or well, whatever, eight years ago when we were finishing school, PTs were still very much looked down upon. Oh, yeah. It was con- you were considered a dumb jock. You didn't do anything. You were just, too ex- you were just a waste of money. Like, you were stupid cutting the tracks, you were getting reps. You were a luxury, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Whereas it's very different now. But uh, I actually went to uni to study law. I did one full semester. I did, f- I did my end of semester exams. Did quite well on them, actually. And then said, fuck this and left. Um... So yeah, bounced around a few jobs. Um, you were a heavy diesel mechanic. I was at some point. <laughs> uh, worked in a factory for a bit, went to the army for a few years, and it was while I was in the army I did my certs um, with the view of going down the PTI route within the army. But then that's actually quite a shit job to do in the army, and there's not many of them. And they tend to be like, a lot of the PTIs are... Cunts. Not even that, they're older. Uh, like... Where the, where the good jobs are, like you're in the Defence Forces training uh, training centre, working in the gym, and they're like in their 50s, they don't give a shit, they don't actually do anything, they just have to oversee like fitness tests, and it, yeah, it's shit. All the good PTO jobs, are they're so hard to get, and I was like, I didn't really want to stay in the army. So left the army, and then kind of bounced around doing it part-time at home for a bit. Then me and Kira made the decision to move over here. And I kind of fell in backwards to the fitness playground. I needed a gym to train in for two weeks before we moved down to Cronulla while we were staying in the city. I went to the bunker for a free trial, for a two-week free trial. And uh, got, yeah, came out with the, I came out with Matt Duncan's email address. And then I think the next, so that was on a Tuesday. I was in front of him on the Wednesday. And then I was in front of him and Justin again on that Friday and I was hired Friday evening. Took me fucking six weeks to get this job. Yeah, it it was a <laughs> lot less formal when I did it. Yeah, it was six weeks, two, two in, uh, interview with MD. I think I went to like seven developments. 
Yeah, I only had to do one the day of my second interview. <laughs> Got to development. I went to Newtown once, Marrickville twice, the bunker twice, and Surrey twice. Although, I mean, I didn't have to go to them twice. There was cool developments on, so I went. Yeah. The interview and the hiring process is a lot more thorough now, mm. and it's a lot longer. Yeah. I was very lucky. Yeah, I'd well, because they also they do it in rounds because everyone's all people from all four gyms start at the same time. So yeah, where I came in at oh, the, the case I, I came in just after a round, so I was at the start of it, so I had to wait a while. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. But um, yeah, I started. Yeah, it was five of us when I started. I think two of us are still here. Me and James. Me and Mel are both still here. Is Gus at Newtown? Jasmine at the bunker. So there was. There's four of seven. Yeah. I remember doing my interview and the the first interview on the Wednesday was in the gym in Surrey Hills, just in the foyer. Mm. And the gym looked very different than it looks now as well as before they ran on it. Yeah. And uh I'd only ever done interviews for like like for the army mm. or for like kind of quote unquote normal jobs. So I I rocked up like shirt and tie, slacks, dress shoes. I walked in and there's James Stallone sitting there in a singlet, shorts and thongs. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, this is obviously nowhere near as formal as as I am dressed. And uh, yeah, MD complimented my trousers. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think and he like took the piss out of me for it as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he will, but he'll also like take, he'll understand, like see what you've done there. That you've actually yeah. made an effort to but then not two, look like <laughs> Two days later, I did the same thing for the... The interview with Justin. <laughs> so I was like, oh, CEO, that's the one you want to be dressed yeah, up for. That's the one James you James is dressed the exact fucking same way as well. I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like. What a worked out. They hired me and I'm still there, so. Yeah, well, I mean, the first time, one a former job that I, I mean, like, had where I apl- had to apply for it twice. The first, it because it was like a, it's a rowing, like it was a bar job at a rowing club. So it's like, it's a bar job. It's not that big. I think the first time I rocked up in, like, shorts and a football jersey. And they were like, sorry, no. And then later on, when I got it, I rocked up in like a shirt and trousers. And they were like, yeah, that's... That's better. Yeah, dressed... They would say like, oh, dress for the job you don't... The dress for the job you want, not the job you're applying for. So like, I was applying for a bartender job, but eventually I was going to... I ended up as a manager. So it was like, I was dressing as if I was applying for the manager job. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never once... Worn slacks and a shirt and tie to, to work. Well, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one because we wear shorts and t-shirts yeah. and singlets. Yeah, not thongs though. I do love the fact that we can go to work in singlet. Yeah, we need, to, we need to get them more work singlets. Yeah, better ones. Yeah, they've got a weird cut. It's it's not even that. I don't like the material. I don't like like Nike dry fit. Material. I don't like the synthetic stuff. No, fuck. Well, they are. It. Chad's working on a new um new uniform because that's what we need right now. Yeah, I but think uh, that's us. Is it an hour fifteen? Fuck that! That flew by. Yeah, it did. It was good. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, sitting there like fuck. Actually, to be fair, if you didn't enjoy it, you probably haven't listened this long. So, thank you if yeah. you have stuck around. <laughs> yeah, and tell us your thoughts on the state of Test match cricket. Yeah, send them in. Um, and if you have any other questions, thoughts, feelings, concerns, queries. Awesome. Send them. Ailments. Let us know. There's the our email address, which is betterblokespodcast at gmail.com. Or, of course, there's just Instagram, which is a bit easier, but, you know, whatever floats your boat. 
Anyway, that's us for today. Loving the energy there, Andy. Sorry, I checked my phone. He's looking at his phone. We're working, and he's looking at his phone. Fuck off. You were looking at your phone earlier, you can't. Yeah, but while you were... Yeah, okay. yeah, while I was talking. I looked at mine while you were talking. Uh, so I was checking my battery to see if I have enough battery to like get me home in terms of directions and something to listen to on my phone while I drive. So fuck off, you can't. <laughs> I need battery to get me home. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Better Blokes journey. For wanting to be less of a shit cunt, more of a better bloke or bloquette or yeah. bloke. Shut up. See you next week. <laughs> uh, like, follow, subscribe, share, tag us. See you next week. See you.